you probably two years ago hired more of a generalist because the team was smaller. And that person who was a generalist grew into being really good because they were there for so long. But when they exit, you can re-examine that role and be like, I need a specialist now. Like this is actually a really special job now. And sometimes that makes the team stronger, like legitimately stronger. Welcome to Hiring School, a weekly podcast about recruiting for non-recruiters. I'm Jackie Koch, and I have over 15 years of experience prospecting talent and building teams for Fortune 500 companies, startups, and small businesses in all different types of industries. I'm the founder and CEO of People Principles, where I help founders scale and lead their teams with programs, courses, and boutique agency services. My goal is to simplify the hiring and team building process so that you, founders, and not so solopreneurs, can implement modern, effective, and efficient hiring strategies that help you build the team that you want to help you scale. If you can't seem to find the right job candidates or simply don't know where to start, you're in the right place. Now let's get started. Welcome to the Hiring School Podcast, the podcast all about recruiting for non-recruiters. Today, we have a very special guest who's been an entrepreneur since she was a teenager, which we talk a bit about. She has gone on to accomplish huge things, grown her company from t-shirts all the way to a tech company that was recently acquired by Narvar. She also happens to be a former boss of mine, Jesse Janae. In this episode, I ask her all about employee turnover, what it was like to hire for the first time, and how to know when you need to restructure your company. I'm so grateful that she took some time to chat with us, and we had a lot of fun talking about her journey through entrepreneurship. You can follow Jesse on Instagram at Janae, and you can follow Lumi on Instagram to keep up with all things packaging and e-com related. Now let's dive in. Jesse, welcome to the hiring school. Thank you so much for being a guest. I'm so excited to have you. I'm so excited to be able to do this with you. I'm so excited to chat a little bit about your experiences as an entrepreneur, hiring and building teams. And I think our listeners can learn so much because you've had a million different experiences in types of company, types of roles, all of that stuff. But what I really want to start with is like going back in time and telling listeners about your career experience and background before founding a tech company. Like you started an entrepreneur in entrepreneurship super, super early. Like how, tell us about that in a background. Yeah, so um, you are correct. Like, uh, I have been entrepreneuring actually. Uh, sometimes I, I try to reverse math the years, but it's almost like crazy. It's like 14 years or something. Um, and I'm still in my early ish 30s. <laughs> so it's been a long journey. And that's because I started really early, to your point. I actually started uh, my first company when I was in high school um, selling t shirts that I was making in my parents' basement. Um, and that kind of kicked off a whole career where I actually became really obsessed with printing. Um, and it started with t-shirt printing and then it rolled into multiple businesses, one of which you were a very uh, pivotal component, the tech company. Um, but before that, hold on one sec. Do you, you hear that, right? We should tell listeners that you have a beautiful little baby on your hip. You're like the boss, the, the ultra boss lady, having two kids, selling companies, growing companies. I just love it. So I think 
listeners should know that. Um, <laughs> yeah, especially if they hear tiny little squeaky sounds. That's actually uh, that's actually a newborn baby. Um, but thank you so much. Yeah, it's exciting. It's been an exciting time. <laughs> it, it totally is. And I love that you're just an example that we can do it all. So thank you for being that. And you can laugh all you want, but I'm very grateful for it. Okay, so I want to start by going back in time and telling our listeners about kind of your career journey and how you decided to become an entrepreneur. Okay. Well, it has been journey. I think is the right word. It has been a very long, <laughs> long process. And something that I um, reflect on is how many years it actually has been. So I'm in my early thirties now, but I've been entrepreneuring um, in some way, shape or form for like over a decade, but actually more like, even though this is crazy, like more like 15 years, I think I was just doing the mental math in my brain because I started um, my first business when I was 16 years old. And I was not always in cool, uh, relatively cool places like Los Angeles and uh, all over the place. I actually grew up in the suburbs of Detroit and started my first company, something that I felt like I could start out of high school was printing in my t-shirt, printing t-shirts in my parents' basement. Um, and I just kind of like found the supplies in my local area and just got, got going. Um, and at the time I didn't even know anyone else who was an entrepreneur. So I think that this is actually something that I find in reverse hindsight, like really, uh, I, 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 it's like surprising even to me that there was no archetype for me. There wasn't like some cool lady I knew. And I was like, Oh, you know what? I want to be like her. I think that that would have been really cool if I had had that. <laughs> like, that <would> be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, but, but it, it wasn't that I just sort of got this bug that it would be so interesting to do things in the world. And I think I was really itching to be an adult actually, like uh, just being super honest. Like there was this part of me in high school that was like, it'd be so cool to kind of be a part of the adult world. And entrepreneurship actually seemed like that. It was, it wasn't like, oh, I want to be an entrepreneur. It was like, I want to be an adult. Yeah. <laughs> I want to yeah. make my own money. I want to be able to spend my own money. I want to fill my own gas tank or like whatever. <laughs> uh, so, so it starts way back there. And then as you know, because you are a part of um, a company as well that we work together, there have been several companies since then as well. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, and I should tell listeners that you, you were my boss for almost three years, which we just built like such a wonderful partnership. And, um, I consider you my friend and mentor for sure. So yep. She was my boss, everyone, a really great boss. So you're in your parents' basement. Do you like envision hiring people then? <laughs> or like, what are your, what's your thoughts when that's going on? That, that's a great question. I think that um, definitely no. First of all, I was I was a teenager, <laughs> so I don't think <laughs> I don't think I really thought of things in those terms. And um, but I I think that you're bringing up a good point, which is like when you start something, you don't always think like, okay, I'm starting something. I need to build a team. I like at first it was just an idea, and and then all of a sudden the work becomes such that you actually can't do it all yourself. And I think that is the more natural or like organic path that a lot of entrepreneurs go through is not like, oh, found a business. I need a 10 person team. Let me like create this organizational structure. Like your brain actually is like, oh, I'm trying to get things done. Like I'm yeah. busy. Yeah. And then it was like, oh my gosh, I need help. Ah. For sure. Uh, so as an entrepreneur, uh, at the, like as a teenager, certainly employees were not the first thing on my mind. No. Sure. So do you remember like when you decided you needed to hire your first employee? Can you like remember way back then? 
Well, I'm actually, the first thing my brain hops to is not from when my high school business, but it was my very next business, which was like out of college, um, which was this fabric dye company called Inco Dye. And there's the reason that popped into my head because um, Stefan, my, my, uh, who I met in school and college. So this is like one skosh after the high school uh, time. We had this whiteboard in my loft um, that I was living in. And we used to like write all of our ideas on this whiteboard. And at one point we were swimming in work um, and we literally wrote on the whiteboard, we need help. It was like literally written <laughs> on the whiteboard. We were just like, we need help. And that's what we wrote. We like had no idea how to even do it. And we, um, we were so hard up for cash as well that we rented my loft out to a film crew to like do some filming. And it was like, it paid like $2,000. And we were like, oh my gosh, this is so much money. Um, and someone on the film crew was like, are you hiring? That was their question. Like, are you hiring? Cause it said, we need help. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Always be recruiting. <laughs> yeah. And that guy became our first employee ever, but we were even taken off guard by the question. He was like, are you hiring? And we were like, I don't know. Are we? <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, I think that's that amazing. Of, yeah. It was very organic. So did you end up interviewing him or did you just say, yeah, what can you do? <laughs> it was more like, yeah, what can you do? Like, I think yeah. and that, that also speaks maybe to the naivete, but also he was amazing. Um, his name was Bud and he was amazing. And he, we worked with him for like more than two years. Uh, so Sometimes those organic relationships that form out of like mutual need are amazing, but no, we did not run like a thorough recruiting process for yeah. that role. <laughs> at that time. You probably didn't even know the role you were recruiting for. Just help. So then, you know, as you're scaling the business in Kodai, obviously grows. And I know that you've had, you had multiple people on that team. Yeah. How did your hiring process evolve over time? So I think that as roles became more distinct, and you actually know someone on the team, Alex, uh, was on our team who was hired during that first business, Incodai company that I started out of college. And then he um, worked for the tech company that you worked with, um, Lumi. And then he also now works for the company that was acquired by Lumi. Oh, so he does? He, oh, that makes me very happy. Yes, he has a full-time role um, there now. And um, so when we hired for his role back in the Incodai days, um, the our needs had become more distinct. So we had gone from like just making this a proverbial, like we had gone from the we need help phase where we have like no idea what we need. And it was just sort of like work taken off our plates. Like we just had too much of it, like, please help us. Sure. Um, and so that bud wore many hats, like, right. He like came in and just did anything that needed doing. By the time we hired Alex, we were running a manufacturing operation, a small manufacturing operation. And we posted for like someone to run day-to-day -day operations. And he had the perfect background for that, but it, it evolved into the work being more specific. And then all of a sudden we could look for people with backgrounds that were more specific. Got it. And that's just because the business grew and more, I would imagine more work in defined, I don't know, functions kind of started to show up. 
Correct. And the company was, yeah, more formed, like every, there's a rhythm to it, right? Like every single day there was some manufacturing, some customer emails to answer, some sales orders to fill, like all of a sudden the work to be done became more distinct. Whereas let's keep going back to Bud. When Bud joined, we were trying to figure out what the business was and we were already making some sales. So there was enough of a reason to have help, but it was like from day to day, things were changing. Like we sold to one retailer and then we went to a trade show to see if that worked. Like it was just kind of chaos. Right. Right. Okay. So it sounds like not like the first step in the hiring process evolving was actually having defined roles to recruit for. Yeah. And then from there, were you able to set up hiring processes? Like, it sounds like you posted a job and then who interviewed them? Like, how did that evolve? So I definitely led the entire process. If we can call it that I'm using air quotes. (laughs) 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 Um, I definitely led the entire process myself. Um, but yes, once there was more defined work to be done, we could actually have like an evaluatable criteria, right? We could say, okay, this role is mainly an operations role. And we actually still at that time didn't have enough work to have full-time production staff. And so we would actually always hire temp labor for every production run. And so, so I'm using that as an example where that's a phase of the business. Like we just, we needed the help for production, but we would run a production run, let's say like once a month for like three days, not like, you know, full time. Um, And so we needed the person who ran the operations team to be able to hire temp labor and actually be able to manage them responsibly. And like, so there was, it was like that role became more distinct. And I think that that's a phase of like, now I could evaluate someone. Have they ever hired, have they ever worked with temporary labor? Like, can they do this? Can they, can they do it well? Right. One of the thing, and I know, you know, our work together, obviously we, we were growing a much bigger organization that had a lot more requirements for the jobs and we were building out levels of leadership and, and engineering and technical roles. That all takes a lot of different type of work, but for a lot of the, the listeners to this, you know, they're kind of probably still in that stage of, okay, we finally know that one job we need to hire for. And I think you bring up, or I don't think, I know you bring up such an important point that knowing what you're hiring for and what they're going to do and the types of qualities that somebody in that type of a role can like should have is so important, like should really be the first step in the hiring process before you even start meeting people. Um, And not everybody likes to do that because you're so busy. You don't, you're like, I don't have time. I just need someone in the seat right now. But can you speak to how maybe your thought process as an entrepreneur evolved on that over time, you know, like taking a step back, even though you and your team feel so stressed, you just need any warm body to do some of the work and like forcing yourself to think through what is this person actually going to do? And how, how did that help the interview process? Would you say? I would say there's two core components for me to this. One is by defining the actual work to be done. And this is so much more important than defining a title. So I think titles can be very helpful. Like I'm not trying to take power away from them, but 
you need to write down what the person will do every day. Just like literally pull out a notepad, open a doc or whatever, and just write down like, okay, this person will come in and they will, you know, fill the canisters of blah, blah, blah. They will, they need to be responsible for opening the doors in the morning. Like, I don't care how banal the task list is, write it out because it's like, this is my expectation. And not only will that help you define a proper title and whatnot, but it'll also help you go over what the person does with the person. So that exercise, I would say, is really key. And then, so like, what will the person actually do, which is defining the job? But but sometimes we all try to go straight into marketing copy. Like, yes. I'm going to write, it's like an operations manager, director, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm going to Google what those people do online as like a starting point and then try to like reverse edit it to fit my business. That is like a really bizarre way of actually deciding what this job is. If the person, if you run a retail store and they need to like open the doors in the morning, like put that down on your job spec, like just write the stuff out so that you are being accurate. And then the next thing, because it really is helpful as like a soul searching thing for you too, to set expectations. The other thing I would say, and there's been a journey of learning for me that I wouldn't have been able to articulate like several years ago is that there is a person company stage fit that is like so essential to Mm. getting right. And you don't need to include this in your job spec. There's little like cues you can include for people about how it's a small team or finding someone who wants to work for a local business or like whatever is what you are. But, um, but you have to like, almost like search into yourself and then into that new person to see if there's that company stage person fit. And I'm going to use the example of Alex again, actually, Alex was one of our more professional ads, uh, meaning, well, professional is a weird word, but basically we had more defined role and then we hired Alex specifically for it. And that was one of the first times we did that is kind of what I'm getting at. But Alex was hired as like a fabric dye manufacturing manager. Alex's previous role was managing a bar. I did not go out into the world and look for a fabric dye manufacturing operations manager. Why not? I'm sure there's plenty of them. (laughs) I'm sure there's, it's a niche market, but also it was about finding the person who was um, entrepreneurial, like who knew how to get things done. And I remember in our job, um, in in our interview process with Alex, him saying like, I was like, do you think you can, you know, handle hiring and managing temporary labor and being respectful to them and blah, blah. And he was like, at a, at a bar, the turnover of like, you know, labor and being able to handle various personalities from bartenders to, <laughs> to waiters and people flowing through and looking for temporary jobs and stuff. He like, it was like this perfect fit. Like he had the skill set, but we had to be open to like, it's not a fabric dye operations manager from another company, you know? Right. So doing the work of really identifying, like, what are they going to do every day helped you probably be open to picking up on those other skills that other types of roles, if just because his job title wasn't exactly what you needed, I guess. Yeah. And, you and pick up on those. And even though managing a bar it like had nothing to do with our business, it was another like small business of a similar scale actually. And he worked directly with the owner, which was also a very, um, very similar to like him working directly with me at Lumi. Well, you, you, you mentioned something that I really wanted to talk to you about on this podcast, because I think it's so helpful for entrepreneurs to realize. And you mentioned 
getting clear on the type of person who's the right fit for your company stage. What does that mean to you? Define what, what a little bit more into your thought on what that actually means. Yeah. Yeah. Those are kind of some ambiguous words. It truly means that there, there are a lot of talented human beings in the world. And there's a lot of amazing, well-intentioned people who could, who could air quotes again, do a lot of good things at your company. That is different. Like just having a lot of respect for all the people in the world is different than finding the one person who is good for where your company is in that moment. And there's a huge difference between a two-person company, five-person company, 10-person company, a hundred-person company. It just goes on from there. But there's a huge difference between those, those companies and what they feel like. And bigger is not always better. And a lot of employees, and I think that this is a, I know I made this mistake. So I will just assume everyone does for a second. I assumed when I was a really small company that people wanted to work for bigger companies, that people wanted like more security, bigger salaries, more impressive stuff. I have learned sometimes easy way, sometimes the hard way that people really, um, often want to work for smaller companies. And so shying away from the honesty of that, like, hey, we are three people right now. When you jump in, you're gonna be doing a little bit of everything. There's actually someone out there who that's music to their ears. Not everyone. You need to hire the person who it's music to their ears as opposed to scary. But when you detect kind of like a lot of nervousness around how small your business is or something like that, it's actually, it doesn't mean that person is not an amazing person, but truly they may not be a person who fits your company stage. Another philosophy I have is you meet a lot of people during a hiring process. There's a lot of them who you may hire later, literally maybe many years later. Don't sweat it. You met them now. Maybe you'll work with them in three years. Like, but don't try to reverse stuff someone in to a role um, where it's not a company stage fit for their life. Yeah, for sure. Or thinking about where you want your company to be in five years, you feel like you need to hire that person so that you're ready in five years from now, when really that person who can run your business in the state in which it is at five years, you know, may not be successful in some of the other stuff that's needing to happen to build. That would make me ask you a question back, Jackie, which is how far ahead do you think you should hire talent? There's probably a sweet spot where it's like, you want them to see around a corner, like maybe have a little bit more knowledge than you on something. But if they're like seeing around the next like five mile bend, like they're you're going to miss the targets, you know? So what, I don't know. It's just an interesting question. Yeah. It's something actually I've been thinking about, or I actually had a conversation with another founder last week. He was thinking, I want to hire this person who's going to be with us in five years. And his company is finally scaling and really at the verge of scaling like nationally. And I think a year and a half, honestly, 18 months is like the sweet spot. And that's such a paradigm shift because you look at people's resumes and for someone who's been hiring for a while, they're like, oh, you've only been there for two years. You're a job hopper. And I just think we're living in a world where there's a ton of opportunities, but there's also just so many advances. And there's a lot of different reasons why someone may not stay somewhere for two years. And I think it's hard for, I mean, for me growing my business, I can't imagine what two years is going to look like. So I'm looking for the person who's going to help me get to like a year and a half. Um, So that's, that is a good number. I think a year and a half to two years. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's just like everything. There's no one recipe for, for everything, but it's, but it's interesting to Basically, you want to make sure the person can help you 
in that moment, like that they can actually like, you know, get in and like truly be, be useful, which comes back to outlining the job well, like writing out what the person will be doing um, and not sugarcoating it for yourself or them to the extent that they then have like a misunderstanding about what the job actually is. So you've hired a lot of people, built a, a few different companies, you know, turnover is something that I know we talked about and something that just comes with hiring people, right? You may not make the right decision. You might make the right decision so much that they move on to start their own company or, or something like that. Would love to know what has your experience been with turnover? Do you remember the first time somebody left you or quit you? And how did that feel? I definitely do. It, so it, it's an easy thing to be emotional about. So I think something we should just like address at up front here is that when you are building something and you're pouring your heart and soul into it, and then someone who you presumably really respect because you hired them comes to you one day and says, Hey, like, I'm going to go do something else. It is normal. It's a normal human emotion to be like, Oh, bummer. <laughs> You know, or what? Why? I like we've done so much for you. What did I do wrong? Like, is are we cool enough? Do we not have enough snacks? Like, I don't know, like whatever you're thinking, you know. (laughs) Um, and so I think that one thing to to just like really internalize is people's lives are really busy. There's a lot of things about people's lives that you know and don't know. And you should definitely not actually try not to take it personally, try not to have any emotional reaction because it's better to let people come into your organization, contribute and and leave in a healthy way too. And something that I have really, um, Stefan, my co-founder at Lumi, uh, where where Jackie, where we work together, uh, Stefan and I discuss having an alumni mentality. Um, And it's, I think, a really good energy of like everyone who's ever worked at Lumi, even for a day, we just were like, that's a Lumi alumni. And it makes us, you know, I'm not trying to self-grandiose, but like, it's like, if you founded Stanford or something, and then someone went to Stanford and left, like, you're not mad at them for leaving Stanford. Like they're supposed to leave at some point and you're more, you look at them in the world and you're proud of them. Like, I'm proud of you, Jackie, for doing this. And I never think to myself like, oh, I, uh, we should have always been working together. You should have always been my employee or something. So I think that has helped me a lot. Thinking of like being proud of the people who have ever touched Lumi or have ever worked for me, um, being out in the world, doing cool things and thinking of them as alumni. That's more of like a mentality, I think. And aside from that, being a manager and learning how to have people like come into your company in a healthy way and leave is, is a, is a journey of continual (laughs) (laughs) self-reflection. Totally. Well, it also goes to the whole topic you brought up earlier. It's like hiring the person who's right for the role today, your company today, because as you know, a successful business owner, you're going to have to probably revisit your company structure a lot of different times and turnover can sometimes be healthy, right? Like sometimes that's always a hard thing, I think for employees to hear, but sometimes turnover is good for a business because it brings new blood and and I guess a lot of different things to the business. Do you have any thoughts on experiencing that as you grew in? For sure. So, so I would say like, um, you know, I can definitely remember some early, early exits where I felt more like shocked or sad that someone was leaving. But as the years of the business go on, I can also remember several where I was genuinely happy and what, and and let me like explain myself. Like, it's not like someone comes to me and says, I quit. And I'm like, 
I'm like clapping or something like what, what is happening <laughs> is you get to know people and you get to know that they have a new adventure in them or that they have a new interest that has been percolating over the two years you've known them and they're going to go pursue that personal passion or something. And so when they come to you and they say like, Hey, I have found another opportunity to go do this thing I'm passionate about or something. You're actually genuinely happy for them. Um, and what you realize for your own organization is that if someone exits it in a healthy way to go do something that's really important to them, those are sometimes very healthy exits. Like it allows you to, sometimes it allows you to fill a more generalist like someone who was more of a generalist with a specialist. So over the course of those two years that someone was on your team, you probably two years ago hired more of a generalist because the team was smaller. And that person who was a generalist grew into being really good because they were there for so long. But when they exit, you can re-examine that role and be like, I need a specialist now. Like this is actually a really special job now. And sometimes that makes the team stronger, like legitimately stronger. And I know during our time, you know, working together, we restructured the company a few different times, a result of a variety of, of reasons, right? Sometimes it was because the business model changed. Sometimes it was because financially we needed well, to make I'll, that decision. I'll take words out of Jackie's mouth because she's super <laughs> polite. We have done, um, we have done business model changes. I also, uh, we also had the unfortunate circumstance of deciding, I mean, it was my decision, but deciding to do a kind of COVID related layoff. There's a portion of the team that we could not keep on. It was more of a financial decision. And we had to reorient the work to make sure that everyone who remained had a amount of work that they could handle. um, And that was like fair to, to the teammates. So there was whether it was like for good news, like, oh, we have a new business line that's really working. Let's reorganize the team. Or for not so good news, um, we had to make tough calls where you change someone's job. So that's another fascinating thing. You hire them into this perfect job spec. And sometimes you need to change the job spec completely because the business has changed. And that's that's um, effectively like rehiring someone to a role, even though they've never left, you know? Right, right. Oh man, I have so many questions I want to dig in on this topic, but I guess one thing that I think our listeners may face more or frequently is at what point do you realize the person you hired for the job is no longer the right fit for that job? Do you have any lessons or tips that you remember from going through that experience that could be helpful to a small business owner? Yeah. Well, one will sound like a little like, um, almost like I'm like speaking in Chinese proverbs or something, but basically effectively by the time you recognize that someone might not be a fit for their role, anyone else who is in your company, including the person themselves, uh, has already realized that. (laughs) That is huge. And so true. You are the last to know. Um, because you are the most optimistic person in your company. Okay. I'm, I'm speaking in total generalization. So feel free to pick this apart with your own brains. I, I, I encourage that you are the person who is the most, like, I can make this work. It's me as a manager, not them. Like you're always the cheerleader in your own organization. So by the time you're really sitting down and being like, I wonder if this person's a fit, it's already like pretty far gone (laughs) at that point, to be honest. Um, And I think that took me a long time to really realize. But the reason I'm sharing that is because when you have those feelings, 
they're probably not only correct, but like you've waited too long. Um, and one of the first places to start is having a really honest, open conversation with the actual person about what's working about their job, what's not, what are they going through? I've started those conversations and left that conversation with the person and I agreeing that they shouldn't continue right in that conversation. But the point is that someone has to initiate it. And when it's your company, it's usually you who has to initiate it. That is such a great tip. You know, I, I think yeah, you just nailed it. People always think it's them and that person knows something awkward's going on, you know, and, and yeah, that's great. I would love to, to leave on one last question. And it's, this is kind of a loaded question because there's so many aspects to hiring, but, and you've already dropped so many great nuggets, but so putting yourself back into like Inco die, right? You have three team members, you're thinking about your next hire, developing a hiring process for the first time um, while swimming and doing all of the things and being super busy. What would be like your best advice or learnings that you would like go back and tell yourself about hiring the best people? For me, it kind of relates to the company stage thing we were discussing earlier, but it is actually distinct, uh, which is find people who are passionate about what your business does. <laughs> this may sound like almost like I'm Captain Obvious. Uh, it is not obvious. You go out in the world and you're looking for a salesperson, you're looking for an operations person, or you're looking for a retail person to work uh, during the day in your store or something. And you think, I'm just out in the world looking for the best salesperson, the best store manager. No, you're not. Uh, actually, you don't need the best one. Um, like, like, let me dispel that. You need someone who cares about what you do. Uh, they may be like the 10th best person you actually hired, meaning best in terms of track record or some accolade or whatever. But there is no replacement, literally no replacement. I cannot emphasize this enough for someone caring about what you do. And then by extension, your customer, like caring about them, like with their heart, like caring. And if they care about them, the work quality and the uh, work through a tough time or through a restructuring or being a great ally during something difficult your business is going through, it is unparalleled. And then back to your point about turnover, turnover can be really positive, but turnover will also be lower if the people in your organization care about what you do. You won't just have like random quitting for no reason or for like smaller reasons. So that, that would be my top thing, like vet people for how much they care about what you do uh, before only vetting them for their skills on the job. That's great. Great advice. And there's a lot of different ways to do that for sure. So, well, I have loved this. I feel like we should have another chat about more topics soon. <laughs> totally. Do you want listeners to connect with you or follow you or how can they keep up with all of the amazing stuff that you're up to? We should tell everyone you recently sold your company, yeah, we, which is huge. It's been a crazy, uh, crazy couple years. Uh, but yeah, Lumia was acquired by by Narvar, um, which is this private e-commerce, you know, uh, tech company. And they're doing amazing work, um, doing like tracking and everything for e-commerce brands. So it's uh, so packaging and, and tracking all goes together. But um, um, if, if anyone is specifically passionate about packaging, et cetera, I would definitely recommend following Lumi. So like our social handles are Lumi on Instagram and uh, Twitter, et cetera, just L-U-M-I. And then me personally, I'm Jesse Janae. And if you uh, want to see like pictures of this uh, 
baby has been wake, making tiny little sounds throughout the entire podcast. Like this sound, that's not me actually just groaning under my breath. Um, so you can catch photos of, of babies, etc., at my personal Instagram, Jesse Janae, um, if you're interested in following that kind of content. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been so great catching up just in general. And, you know, I just think there's so many wonderful lessons that you've learned and I learned so much working with you. And so I'm so happy that our listeners got a little taste of it. Working with you and learning how pivotal people subjects are to the growth of a business was also an incredible learning experience for me. And something that I can also say is that involving People who understand people operations and talent early in your company history is a complete game changer. I feel like I did it sort of early, but you always wish you did it earlier. Well, thank you for that. I think we did great stuff together. So, so grateful. So you can follow us on Instagram at The Hiring School and please make sure to check out our show on Apple Podcasts and rate and review. We'll see you next week. Bye.